Perverted. Brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Hey everyone, welcome to Afro Verdict, your source for thought-provoking conversations on current events and historical issues. This is your host Victor Anakin and today we are diving into a complex and sensitive topic, the relationship between Germany's historical role in the genocide of Namibia's Nama and Herero peoples and its current stance on Israel's actions in Gaza. In a recent statement, Namibian authorities condemned Germany for supporting Israel at the ICJ case, calling it a betrayal giving Germany's responsibility for the atrocities committed in Namibia during its colonial rule. The stark reminder of Germany's past has sparked a renewed debate about the country's historical legacy and its ongoing responsibilities to the victims of colonialism. Now, the genocide of the Herero and Nama people in German Southwest Africa, now Namibia, was a horrific event that took place between 1904 and 1908. In a brutal campaign of extermination, German colonial forces killed tens of thousands of Herero and Nama people, either through direct killings, forced labor, executions, or starvation. The genocide was a systematic attempt to eliminate those populations and secure German control over Namibia's resources. The genocide itself began in 1904 when the Herero people, led by Samuel Maherero, rose up in rebellion against German colonial rule. The Germans then responded with a brutal campaign of repression using scorched earth tactics and a concentration camps to exterminate the Herero peoples once and for all. In just four months, the Germans killed an estimated 65,000 Herero people, or about 80% of their population. After that, in 1907, the Nama people also rose up in rebellion, but they were quickly crushed by the Germans. The Germans killed another 10,000 Nama people, or about half of their population. The genocide in German Southwest Africa was a major turning point in the history of colonialism as it was the first genocide of the 20th century. In 2004, Heidemarie Weizsorek Zuhl, the German Federal Minister of Economic Cooperation and Development, issued an apology to the Ovaherero at Ohomar Kari. However, her apology was retracted by the German government and in 2015, it agreed to pay 1.1 billion euros in developmental aid, not formal reparations, to the Herero and Nama people. However, many of the Herero and Nama people still feel that Germany has not done enough to atone for its crimes. The genocide in German Southwest Africa is a reminder of the horrors of colonialism and the importance of fighting for human rights. It is also a reminder of the resilience of the Herero and Nama people who have survived despite the genocide and continue to fight for justice. Now, to explore this issue further, I'm joined by two esteemed guests, Dr. Rasigan Maharaj, a leading expert on colonial history, and Ova Herero Paramount Chief, Professor Mutinde Katiwa. Dr. Maharaj, thank you very much for joining me on the Afroverde podcast. It's an honor to have you with me today. So Namibia has condemned Germany's decision to reject accusations against Israel by South Africa of genocide at the International Court of Justice. How would you explain the stance that Germany has taken in this case? I think for most of us, the global majority is finding it extremely difficult to understand the German position. And I'm quite convinced that this does not represent the German society, but actually merely articulates the position of the German elite and the political class that controls their society. And the main reason for this, and hence also why Namibia objects so correctly to Germany's position, is because of the lived experience 
of the Namibians under uh, uh, circumstances where genocide may have been practiced, maybe in the first instance, at least the first recorded instance, with Germany being the perpetrator and the Herero and Nama, Nama people being uh, uh, the victims. And that genocide was perpetuated essentially uh, almost a uh, 100, uh, 100 years ago. In between 1904 and 1908. The first genocide of the 20th century took place in Namibia under German colonial rule, yet Germany did not recognize it until 2021. How sufficient are the measures the country has been taking to compensate for the damage caused by the colonialists? I think this is a, a much bigger question, and it's important, uh, if you don't mind, and it will also be useful for, uh, for listeners and those that uh, um, you know, seek to learn from this uh, program itself, is the origins of that colonial uh, occupation of the southwestern part of uh, southern Africa. And it's quite important recognizing, Alexander, and I'm sure you and everyone else will be as shocked, if not surprised, for a total sum of approximately 770 pounds, uh, British pounds, the entire territory of almost 824,000 square kilometers was uh, purchased by uh, uh, the uh, Luderitz family. Subsequent to that, the Berlin Conference served to confirm the ownership status and offered German imperial protection over the private ownership of the land. Subsequent to that, and the literature is absolutely full with examples of what we are seeing today being replayed from a century ago. And there, there are a few points which I thought, or if it's right, Alexander, to, 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 to also uh, share with you, is I, I was as shocked uh, when I actually came across this information as well. And... Uh, there's a particular uh, line, if you don't mind, uh, uh, that I want to uh, uh, share with you, which, which actually brings us fast forward to where we are today. And so th this was a statement issued by uh, a German general uh, on the 2nd of October in uh, 1904. And he says, the Herero are no longer German subjects. They have murdered and plundered. Now, out of cowardice, they want to give up the fight. The Herero nation must leave the country. If it will not do so, I shall compel it by force. Inside German territory, every Herero tribesman, armed or unarmed, with or without cattle, will be shot. No women and children will be allowed into the territory. They will be driven back or fired on. These are the last words to the Herero nation from me, the great general of the mighty German emperor. I'm sure everyone, when they hear this, will, will, will recoil at the barbarism that it represents. And it's therefore absolutely critically important that the peoples of Germany ensure that their state representatives recognize what was done in Germany and in a sense way to acknowledge what's taking place in West Asia and specifically in occupied Palestine at present. All right, 
Dr. Maharaj, and in your opinion, what particular characteristics of German colonialism led to the Herero and Nama genocide? Well, I think it's important recognizing the vast geographic distance, Alexander, between the middle of Europe and the southwestern coast of, of Africa. How is it that people from such a far space decide to tell the indigenous people of the territory that they have to, uh, uh, that they have to basically leave their country. That's in essence what we are returning to today: a settler occupation force, basically forcing, on pain of genocide, the extinction of a population that has a historical tie to the land over uh, 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 many years itself, and that's why it's so important as well. It cannot be that history repeats itself, then as tragedy, then as farce, and now we continue to see this being perpetuated. The 21st century cannot continue along such barbarisms of the past itself. It's also important, Johnson and Alexander, for me to leap forward a bit to the year 1907, because here again is an important point in the literature that's recognized, but we've not accounted for it specifically in the case of the German uh, occupation of Namibia. And that is the role played by Eugene Fischer, who is a noted uh, uh, eugenist, who basically argued uh, in favor of European racial uh, superiority. And this was on the uh, derived from physical examination of 17 Nama prisoners of war that were killed in concentration camps. And that's also an element that's important for all the listeners to also appreciate. The Germans experimented with people and established concentration camps through which people were exterminated, not only exterminated, but also became the victims of medical experimentation amongst other issues. And this was seen to contribute basically to the scientific arguments you know, for German racial superiority. And it's important that we recognize this lays the basis for the fascism that we would see thereafter. Finally, what long-term effects did German colonial rule have on Namibia? And what is its significance in the history of European colonialism in Africa in general? Well, uh, the settler colonial regime that occupied Namibia, uh, comprising of German citizens, ended uh, uh, about seven years after the genocide of the Herero and Nama people had taken place. And that is in the passage of the First World War, where the Union of South Africa basically expelled the Germans and uh, assumed custodianship over the territory itself. All of this was confirmed in 1919 in the Treaty of Versailles, which then afforded to South Africa a protection right. But we all know South Africa itself, uh, besides being racially capitalist, was also a settler colonial regime at the time. And so uh, the peoples of Namibia remained under uh, um, uh, huge levels of underdevelopment, colonial exploitation. Why? And this is also very important for, for us all to recognize because of how important we see uh, uh, that highly compressed version of carbon is called diamonds. When diamonds were discovered, 
in Namibia has a lot of diamonds that were uh, 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 extracted, form the basis of a huge amount of wealth. And that wealth was not then applied to the development of Namibia. It is only after, and uh, primarily due to the solidarity expressed to the peoples of Southern Africa by the peoples of Cuba, that uh, uh, Southwest Africa achieved its liberation and became Namibia in the early 1990s. Subsequent to that, we've now seen a huge amount of development take place where the Namibian people are uh, basically uh, uh, um, coordinating and directing their own development. Uh, this has never been possible under the German occupation and subsequently apartheid South Africa's colonial occupation as well of the territory. All of this ends, Alexander, only in 1990, where the Southwest African People's Organization wins the election, and we've subsequently seen development since then. Dr. Maharaj, thank you very much for joining me on the Afroverdi podcast. Now, moving over to over Herero Paramount Chief Professor Mutinde Kachiwa to get his insight on the topic. Chief Katsiwa, welcome to the Afroverdi podcast. I'm honored to have you join me today and thank you for your time. Let's start with Germany's decision to reject accusations against Israel uh, of genocide at the International Court of Justice. What is your take on this? You see, um, one would applaud Namibia's position for supporting South Africa in, in the court case uh, to prevent uh, the continuation of bombardment um, and killings of the Palestinian people, which potentially could lead to a genocide. So South Africa has done well. Namibia is, is also doing a good job in that regard. I, I look uh, as the traditional authorities. We also support Namibia's position because uh, 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 we cannot really uh, understand why Germany would uh, rush to uh, support Israel in claiming that Israel is not perhaps in the process of uh, committing a war, uh, war crime or genocide. Uh, we see that as contradiction uh, given uh, Germany's uh, his, uh, history in Namibia or also elsewhere in, in committing genocides. So Germany's genocide in Southwest Africa was the first of its kind in the 20th century. And nonetheless, Germany did not recognize it as such until 2021. In your opinion, as the representative of the Herero peoples, how sufficient are the measures the country has been taking to compensate for the damage caused by its colonial actions? Uh, Namibia, sorry, Germany has not taken any measure to address reparations. In fact, uh, in the joint a declaration between the state of Namibia and Germany. Uh, uh, that declaration denies that uh, what happened in Namibia was a genocide. In fact, they agreed to a, a phrasing that uh, what has happened could be regarded as a genocide from today's perspective. But when it took place, at the time that it took place, it was not a genocide. And the, the joint declaration between the two states uh, excluded the victims of genocide, the Hereros and Namas, 
uh, uh, spread across Southern Africa as a result of the genocide. Herreros are in Botswana, South Africa, and Angola, and some also elsewhere across the globe. The negotiations between took only place between uh, Namibia and Germany and excludes any Hereros and Namas that are outside the borders of Namibia, where, where they are citizens of other countries. And uh, the agreement only addresses uh, development aid to Namibia. So it's, 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 a, it's, it's a money that will come to support Namibia's development programs. It's not geared towards addressing issues of genocide and reparations. And what do you think are some of the particular characteristics of German colonialism that led to the genocide of the Herero and Nama peoples? You see, uh, Germany at the time... Uh, was driven by the ideology of uh, superior race, the Aryan race as being a, a, a superior than any other race in the world. And uh, Germany was then trying to occupy the rest of the world, uh, Africa in our cases, uh, driven by what they referred to as a living space, looking for a living space. And they decided that they would wipe out uh, the Hereros, because the Hereros and Namas did not want to give their land. And as a result, uh, tensions uh, grew to the extent that a war broke out. And uh, Germany decided that they were going to exterminate the Hereros and Namas. So they issued extermination orders, uh, followed, uh, followed by systematic killings. Uh, placing people in concentration camps, uh, pushing them into the uh, Kalahari Desert, and uh, later on also issued um, um, proclamations to uh, expropriate Herero land and uh, livestock. Also the same for the Namas. But what about the long-term effects that Germany's colonial rule had on uh, Southwest Africa and Namibia as a consequence? And how significant was it in the history of European colonialism in Africa in general? Germany colonized Namibia, killed Hereros and Namas, reduced uh, the population of Hereros and Namas to a minority uh, as currently. Uh, we would have been around 40% of Namibia's population at least. Now we're reduced to 7%. Um, the colonial atrocities that Germany has committed uh, is clearly spelled out in extermination orders. Uh, it is uh, a case study for many African countries to learn from and see how they could uh, demand reparation uh, from all other colonial um, uh, country, uh, uh, colonial masters. So what possible ways of obtaining compensations from Germany do you see in the future? And what measures in general do you envisage should be taken? You see, um, we, in 2006, the... The Hereros and Namas have pushed the Namibia government to, to table a, a, a motion in parliament that recognized the Herero and Nama genocide. So that motion or, or parliamentary resolution defined that uh, there should be a, a negotiations uh, between the perpetrator state, Germany, and the victims of genocide, Hereros and Namas, uh, with the Namibian government facilitating the process. So we're still demanding that there should be that tripartite arrangement for negotiating a settlement, how uh, reparations could be addressed. And therefore, we, the Hereros and Namas, are better placed because we represent the Hereros and Namas across the various nation nationalities where they are, in countries like Botswana, South Africa, and elsewhere. Um, so the two governments cannot actually represent Hereros that are not 
uh, nationals of Namibia. Um, so that those negotiations uh, should should take place in that format to to, to address the interests of Herero Sanamas uh, globally. And, and those interests uh, at first will look at issues like um, the land that was uh, confiscated from the Herero Sanamas. Uh, so restitution programs for, to, for that land, ancestral land that is now in the hands of uh, descendants of German um, um, colonizers. And the other issue is, uh, is traumatic, uh, the trauma, intergenerational trauma that has uh, taken place, uh, that is still traumatizing our people. The loss of culture, uh, people that are uh, in South Africa, Botswana, elsewhere that have lost culture and language. So reparation should not only be monetary, but also should address the return of land and uh, addressing issues of cultural genocide. Now, unlike Western colonial empires, Russia never had colonial aspirations in Africa, not to speak of genocides. African countries were always considered partners, not points of resource extractions. Russia's foreign affairs minister, Sergei Lavrov, confirmed this during a press conference held on January the 18th, 2024. Let's take a listen. As for African countries, we are elevating our partnership to a strategic level, something that was confirmed at the second Russia-Africa summit that took place in St. Petersburg in July 2023. Both Africa and Latin America, just like the above-mentioned Asian countries are emerging independent centers of the multipolar world. Another excellent example is Russia's wheat shipments to Africa, one of which has recently arrived in Mali and the Central African Republic. Birahim Sumare, analyst of diplomatic and strategic issues, former ambassador and diplomatic advisor to three presidents of the Republic of Mali, comments the following. This delivery is extremely important because, firstly, it helps to strengthen our food supply and our sovereignty, including our food sovereignty. Secondly, it is part of the solidarity that is always put forward by President Putin concerning African countries, particularly those in the Sahel, Mali, Niger, Burkina. At the last Russia-Africa summit, the Russian president had already expressed his understanding of the difficulties that African countries might have in obtaining supplies of wheat, which is a very important foodstuff here in Mali, as it is in the Maghreb countries and elsewhere. There's always the colonial undertone from Western countries in general, and France in particular, where Mali is concerned. There's this idea of a reserved domain that belongs to us, that we should be the ones doing the trading, not trading with other countries. So this unilateral vision is completely anachronistic and contradicted by the fact that Mali is now open to the world, and particularly to countries like Russia, which understand its imperatives and are helping to resolve them. Nothing is done exogenously now, it is according to our endogenous interests that Mali and most of these African countries define themselves. And Russia has been able to understand this desire to take charge of our priorities ourselves, to set them within a completely sovereign framework, without any influence, understanding that Mali's door, Africa's door, is open to all countries that respect its sovereignty and territorial integrity. Russia is well aware of the need for all the peoples of the world to feed on wheat, there are countries where wheat is the main staple food, and I'm thinking in particular of the Arab and Maghreb countries. In Mali too, people eat a lot of bread and there are also wheat-based dishes. In the West, it's exactly the same. 
It's the people who are punished in those countries. I think it's blinding to try to disrupt the cereals market because it's the basis of food for many countries in the world. So I think that one of the reasons why we are listening carefully to Russia is that this propaganda, which is a bit over the top, making Russia the cause of all our misfortunes, is not going down well because we are seeing actions, whether at bilateral or multilateral level, which contradict this narrow vision that some countries have of Russia. The first cooperation agreements between Mali and Russia date back to 1961. There were military agreements in February 1961 and then economic and cultural agreements in March 1961 concerning the sending of students and so on. So there has always been a bond of solidarity ever since the Soviet Union, and this has also continued with Russian President Putin. Insofar as all the sensitivities that Mali wishes to promote within the international community and principally within the United Nations, have always had the attentive ear and unfailing support of Russia. So sending this wheat free of charge is part of this desire to help developing countries to develop and above all to ensure that their people have good food, which is essential if they are to achieve full development. So today we've explored the tragic and complex history of the genocide of the Herero and Nama peoples in German Southwest Africa. And this episode has brought to light the devastating consequences of colonialism and the importance of truly acknowledging and addressing the past in order to move forward, you know, towards healing and reconciliation. Now, I'd like to thank our esteemed guests, Dr. Rasegan Maharaj and Paramount Chief of the Ova Herero, Professor Mutinde Katsiwa, for sharing their valuable insights and perspectives with us. Their voices and experiences are truly essential in keeping the memory of this genocide alive and immobilizing for justice for the victims and their descendants. Remember that although we cannot change the past, we can and must learn from it. By understanding the horrors of colonialism and genocide, we can strive to create a more just and equitable world for all. Thank you for listening to Afro Verdict, everyone. I hope you'll join me next week where we'll delve into more thought-provoking topics. If you want to rewind or re-listen to previous Afro Verdict episodes, you're more welcome to head to popular podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Pocket Casts, AfriPods, CastBox, and Podcast Addict. For updates regarding African important global events, check out our Sputnik Africa Telegram channel, TikTok account, and other socials. That's that for today, everyone. This is your host, Victor Anakin, signing off, and I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.